Yo, yo, welcome back to another episode of Island Spot Sports. And before we get to our guest today, we have a big shout out for, for Living Sisu. Living Sisu is a platform and app that wants to give you all the tools to have success in your sport. Their main objective is to activate your lifestyle. So for active, it's for active people. Enjoy discounts at, at companies like BioSteel, 30% off, BodyLogics, the Goalie Guild, all his books are discounted. Roan, Lululemon for men, 20% off. Online stretching programs with Eccentrics, one full month free. They got super silent massage guns, 20% off those. And it's a great quality. It's way less expensive than a Theragun. And it's a great, it's great quality. So there's so many more discounts that you guys will need to just become a member to see. So they want to provide you with anything you need for success. So come join the community. I'm a part of it. A bunch of other athletes are a part of it. So it's free to join. It takes 20 seconds to have it, to get exclusive offers to your sport. And it's definitely worth worth it. So do do us a huge favor and go sign up for Living Sisu's membership. It's free, 20 takes 20 seconds. So go do it and we'll see you there. Living Sisu is a great company. We uh we know one of the co-founders, Zach Fricali. He's a great guy. He uh He's the co-founder and he does a lot of live streams on Instagram at, uh, at Living Sisu and with a bunch of elite athletes. And you learn a lot from like the athlete's determination, the resiliency, everything to what me, made them become successful. So it's been a great experience so far. So go on. I'm going to leave uh, the link in the description. So uh, go sign up. Yo, welcome back to another episode of On the Spot Sports. I'm Jack, and today's episode we are joined by a very special guest, current professional hockey player Dylan Farrell Rennie. Dylan most recently spent time in the Federal Prospects Hockey League with the Danbury Hattricks in the 2021-22 season. Dylan played in the NA3HL, NA3EHL, and the GMHL for junior hockey, and spent two years of ACHA college hockey with Central Maine Community College. So this is gonna be a fun episode, Ben. Uh, been excited to have you on for the last uh, couple weeks since we've tried to schedule this, so it's going to be a fun one. But uh, welcome to the show, Dylan Farrell-Rennie. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no no problem. How's how's everything with you? I know it's been a, a long journey, especially this year. So, like, how's everything holding up for you? Everything's going good. You know, I got a newborn, so that that's definitely a full-time job in itself. Oh, yeah. Um, But, uh, you know, just trying to find a job out there to, you know, find a team that uh, you know, needs a guy like um, like me, and you know, it's part of the business. So it's definitely been a journey this year, but you know, it's definitely not for for people who don't love the game. So if you love the game, you stick to it and try to find a spot. And that's basically where we're at right now. So yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, congrats on on the newborn. You must Thank be you. must be exciting and just a lot of work, but you're you're never off now. Oh, dude, she's buzzing more than I am, dude. She's crazy. So yeah, she's she's a good one. She's a good one. So yeah, that, that's unreal. That's great. Great news for you and you and your family. Just congrats yeah. on that. And then thank you. Like, yeah, thank you. Yeah. So like, like, let's start. I want to start like in your youth hockey days a little bit here. And like, I because I like to go in youth hockey, junior hockey, and like bring back like all the like good memories from when we first started playing the game we love. So you grew up in South Portland, Maine. So like, what was it like growing up in Portland? Um, you know, it was, 
it was pretty cool. You know, I, I had a lot of good friends and, you know, I was in a pretty big neighborhood where a lot of the kids actually played hockey. So that made it a lot easier. Um, I didn't start like organized hockey until about like eight years old. Um, I, I was a pretty, pretty solid baseball player, actually. Um, really good catcher. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I had, I had, had that on my mind as what I wanted to do with my life, but, uh, you know, hockey soon came in. Um, my first memory of, of hockey, um, where it really kicked into starting to go full board was, um, I went to a Flyers Bruins game and I've always been a Broad Street Bullies fan. Dave the Hammer Schultz is a guy that I idolize and love. Um, and, uh, you know, I just thought it was like, wow, this is so crazy. Like can't run out of bounds. It's like so action packed. You know what I mean? Like guys are skating like 20 miles an hour on the ice. Boys are buzzing out there. It was, it was just so surreal. And like hearing all the fans and stuff like that, I was, I instantly fell in love. And, uh, I think the next week my stepdad got me signed up and, um, you know, I'd been skating before that, you know, most of my family's from Canada, um, St. Leonard, New Brunswick. And, uh, so hockey's been in the blood, um, for a while and uh you know it's just been uh you know it's it, it was it was instant honestly once I hit that ice it was just like you know 10 11 months out of the year it was you know my dad wasn't pushing me or anything it was more of me just wanting to play it was just hitched instantly so yeah that, that, that's awesome to just get your youth hockey day started and getting like the love of the game because like especially like in Portland, Maine, like I've heard, like the views there are like on uh, are surreal and like every oh, dude, like, it's, it's an outdoor place, so like I would imagine oh, yeah. like, a bunch of ODRs going and just everything like that. Oh yeah, we had outdoor rinks in every kid's backyard. Had a some really nice ones in a couple of other neighborhoods too. I mean, we had some ponds around here. Uh, five minutes down the road near a high school, there was a suite set up, and you just go there and play, you know, pond hockey all day and. You know, you, you don't get you, you go there at like 7 a.m., you know, off the ice to like 9, 10 p.m. when they close down. So it was a it was a daily thing like every day. And it was it was unreal. The views here are absolutely unreal. Um, last week, obviously, was Valentine's Day. Me and my fiance went out to like uh, the, the famous DeMillo's um, uh, restaurant on the water. And it's just you live here your whole life, but you still just are like, wow, this is crazy. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a small, it's a small state with like big city vibe when you're in the heart of Portland. So it's, it's pretty sweet. So I'm, I'm pretty lucky to live here. Just picture, per, picture perfect memories and just like the views and everything. Like, are you, are you a big outdoor guy too? Oh yeah. I mean, in the, in, you know, in the summer I'm out fishing, um, you know, or up on the, uh, we go up North, uh, where my fiance is from, um, right on the Canadian border, you go fishing and hunting and stuff like that. I mean, obviously hunting in, in October, but you know, this was really the first year I actually got to go hunt, hunting because I, I wasn't um, cleared to play yet. So every year you're usually right, like you're, you're starting your season out in August, September, you know, maybe late September once you get into the pro ranks. But, um, you know, going to camps and stuff like that you you just never really had time to 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 do any of those fun things like i've people always are amazed that like you've never been skiing or snowboarding like no i don't know how to do that bro yeah. but it like you know first first uh winter going hunting it was unreal um didn't get anything but just the experience you know it was it was awesome my my fiance's dad is he's a legend in maine and uh he uh 
a big buck club and he's like 10th biggest buck in main history and yeah he's a main guide so it's it's pretty solid you know i have a good uh good teacher out there but you know uh, it, it was definitely weird not you know going to the rink every day you know yeah, yeah and it's just like a nice place to uh, like even though like hockey wasn't there like this year especially like in the in the summer like you're still doing stuff outside getting away from the rinks all that probably like oh yeah want to come back even more like when you did get cleared from injury and all that just uh get grinding again honestly dude like you couldn't have said it any better like i feel like we're in another covid year because i'm just trying to play and yeah you know doing everything i can to to play and to be ready to play at any time you know any call but it's just I mean, as you know, I mean, you, you've been to a bunch of, you know, camps and tryouts and honestly, it's a numbers game. And, the, you know, the later we get into the season, teams are getting, you know, more solidified with who they have. And it's harder for guys like me to get in there and, you know, show my value to, you know, to the yeah. team and, you know, why they should bring me in a guy like me in, you know, cause I do the small stuff. I'm not a guy that shows up on the score, sh- score sheet a lot. Yeah. So, you know, just getting the, the the dirty work and the little little details that get your teammates to get those chances to score and all that. You know, I it's just crazy because I mean I've lost six teeth from puck and I got punched in the face. Actually, uh, my first ever pro game, Steve McIntyre um, punched me in the mouth and my teeth crumbled like like nothing. He was playing for Carolina. I was playing for North Shore, and it was just a little scrum, and he just popped me and i was just spitting out granules of teeth and i was just like well if i could take a punch from this guy i'm, I'm sure i could take a punch from pretty much anybody and so you know <laughs> gotta yeah. gotta love those times but oh yeah oh yeah i i definitely like have like similar uh, or not like a hockey story with that but like similar like with like my teeth like just crumbling like i was i was in gym class in like my sophomore junior year of high school and we're playing like this basketball, volleyball, like soccer combined game with a volleyball. And like some kid just kicked the soccer or the volleyball straight to my teeth from like five feet away. And like the teeth, just my part of my tooth, it just instantly like you, like I was just spitting grains out. Like it was just, it literally uh, went, went like it was done before like you could even spit anything out. Like it was, I, I definitely know the feeling there. Yeah, my dentist isn't too happy. Um, I just actually, uh, what was it two weeks ago? Got my front tooth fixed. I had a pretty nice, uh, pretty nice uh, chip in it from uh, from a punch. So uh, finally, just got that fixed. And uh, he was like, "Do you wear a mouth guard?" And I was like, "Nah." <laughs> I just, I something with my breathing. I can't wear a mouth guard yeah. while I'm playing. I don't know. It's just the way I breathe on the ice. But you know, he's just like. It's the same old thing every every time. So <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I wear a mouth guard now, especially since I chipped like nine of them, and I don't want to pay for any more dental work. So might as well yeah. put the mouth guard <laughs> in. Just uh, even though I don't really like it, but protects my teeth and it saves me some money. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, uh, you know, I got a good dental plan here. So <laughs> and they're they're pretty good with me. They've had like my older brothers and sisters and stuff. So they, they work well with us here and, you know, it's a good family dentistry to go to. So, 
yeah, keeping that, them in business, you know, they could, yeah. they could only have me as a customer, as a patient and they'd still be in business. So, you know, oh, it's, yeah. it's great. <laughs> oh yeah. That, that, that's the best part. You can, you, you're the one keeping them in business if it, if it comes down to it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's why they love hearing, seeing my phone number pop up <laughs> when it's time to get the teeth fixed. So. Oh, oh yeah. But then you go on through youth hockey and you go into, you go into high school a little bit and then you go into juniors. Like what was, what was high school hockey like for you? Well, actually like speaking on my re uh, resume, there's a lot of like stats missing um, because um, I went out uh, just a little bit on the juniors. I went out to Tilsonburg, Ontario, and my name was spelled incorrectly. Oh, so it was spelled with an, it's, it was spelled with an E and one L. Oh. And Torgy tried getting this fixed, but there was like no proof because the yeah. team no longer exists. But I was there for like nine games. I had like five goals and three assists as a defenseman. I had like 53 penalty minutes. <laughs> it was the G show. But, um, you know, in high school, high school was uh, high school was fun, um, especially in Maine. I, I, high school hockey in the state of Maine has definitely gone down a lot because of all the junior teams popping up around new England, like all the really good reputable, valuable players are all playing juniors. Yeah. They're all like getting recruited, getting looked at early. So it's sad because, you know, Maine high school hockey used to be such a big hit. Like I remember growing up watching my cousins, Nick and Derek play at Bitterford high school, winning the state championship three out of the four years. And packed house i mean you no standing room like you had to jump over people to try to see the ice it was it was unreal and like my freshman year was honestly the last really big year of high school hockey here in the state of maine um it was sad um you know there was always a few teams that were just powerhouses but a lot of teams are now co-opt so they're like combined which it's just sad to see because you know it, it used to be like really big rivals and now those rivals are up one team you know, and, but, you know, you also got to look at it from like juniors expanding. It's giving kids more of an opportunity to get their name out there. Um, in high school, I had a really great career, um, you know, defensively, my, my coach, he's a beauty, Joe Robinson decided to switch me on to defense. And, uh, cause I was, I was always like a forward and, but I had, I dude, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing out there man like let's just be honest like I was I was skating around with a chicken with my head cut off I had no idea where to go dude like I had no positional like awareness like, I was like, like I that. was like I, exactly like, I was a good hockey player I could yeah. skate I had a nasty shot dude like every time the stick touched my uh, the puck touched the stick like it was going in or like I was killing the goalie or something like that but um you know it, I just had no positional I think it was because it it, it it didn't allow me to see the ice fully. Yeah. So, you know, as a trial one game, he put me out there and I had like nine block shots. I had two Genos from the top, one, two, one, one T. Oh yeah. One, one T bomb dude place one electric. It was nuts. It was, it was a good time. Um, you know, I ended out my career, um, self-born high school with, uh, I had most goals as a defenseman, um, in the state of Maine and most power play goals in the state of Maine. Um, my senior year, I got the Hobie Baker character award, which is just basically like, you know, the, the guy around the community and the locker room guy, yeah. you know, basically what Hobie Baker stands for, you know, the excellence or in and on and off the ice. And I was an all state defenseman and all conference defenseman. So it was, uh, it was great. It was a fun time, you know, I think I, I miss it. You know, I wish I could go back and play high school hockey in front with my friends, you know, again, you, you miss it, but you know, juniors came about and that was even better. So.
Yeah, you you brought the offensive power to defense and literally blew up the entire high school high school ranks and well, just dude, it's weird. It's weird, dude, because like I hit like a, I was like I was huge, dude. Like kids were so little compared to me, man. Like I was like five eleven, two hundred pounds, and in, in in like ninth grade, dude, I was yeah. like putting up like two twenty five on the bench. Like I was getting jacked, <laughs> and these kids were just like who the hell is this kid? Like, you know, well, like, I want to go against then, this guy. And then I was just like, I stopped, like, I just stopped right there. And now all the, like my little brother, who's absolutely disgusting at hockey. I mean, the kid could go division one. He's playing some really good triple a hockey right now. Um, you know, he, he's like six, one, a buck 85, like kids just pure shred. And I'm over yeah. here at like two twenty. you know, five eleven. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, I, I wish I, I wish I got up to about like six one six two. I think my situation would be a little different if I yeah. was that height. But yeah, it was it was great for the time being until now. But yeah, you just got to deal with whatever the cards were dealt with you and just go go from there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You just got to roll with the punches. You know, I was listening to one of your podcasts earlier, Christopher Stieg. You know, the guys a the guys a beauty. Oh, so yeah. certified certified beauty, certified tiny guy mutation. made it absolutely yeah uh, you know he made it into the nhl as short as he was as small as he was and you know it was just you know there's still opportunity there so yeah if you're if you're good enough opportunities are gonna find your way one way or another it may take a while but they're eventually gonna come yeah i mean i'm not uh, i'll probably never make the nhl that's that's coming gone but <laughs> but um you know definitely would still like to play a couple more seasons if possible um you know, professional hockey before I hang them up and go into the coaching route. So, Oh yeah, absolutely. So then after your high school career comes to an end, you go on to play juniors in the NA3 EHL where you start off with the main wild. So what was that first year of juniors? Like, especially like you have to get used to like the junior, junior lifestyle is a whole different lifestyle of hockey and life. So like, what was that first year? Like that was, that was an interesting year. Um, You know, 18 19 years old living in a hockey house on the beach um no one you know everyone's irresponsible um it it was weird it was definitely it, it was a big jump uh, yeah. skill wise um even in the na3e um i mean i played against guys like steven mundinger who went on to play at umaine and you know i'm pretty sure for, he's yeah. the tallest goalie in ncaa history too yeah yeah he, he was monstrous when i played against him in new york and uh you know i played against um you know nicholas backstrom's cousin who was absolutely disgusting and the yeah. kid went on to play in the null and now he's playing in like division two sweden like tearing it up over there but um you know there was a lot of good players um and at that time the best league to be in besides obviously the u show was um EHL, EHL, believe it or not, I was really surprised by that. But um, you know, had a had a few looks at the EHL, the Boston Junior Rangers, which was pretty cool yeah. um, during that season. But my my coach, I had two really good coaches with juniors, um, Mike Tenney and Jack Lowry. Jack Lowry actually made the 1980 Olympic hockey team, U.S. Oh. Hockey Olympic team, but uh, he got sent home um, due to some like internal issues yeah. with yeah. one of the investors for the team um because he had an issue with his son i guess and uh he played at bu guys insane like still keep up with jacko to this day like he's he's a beauty he's coaching in vermont 
Um, and you know, he's doing well over there, but, um, they, they put me as a forward, like, and I kind of understand it. Cause we had, we had five really solid defensemen on our yeah. team. What we lacked was scoring. And I was confused as to why they didn't shop around for more scoring. We had one kid from, uh, Budapest, Hungary. His name was uh, Noel Fisher. Kid's nasty, absolutely disgusting. Probably one of the craziest kids I've ever played hockey with. Um, he had no re- re- business being in that league. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he was. Like, he didn't pay a dime for anything. Like, and I don't even know if I'm supposed to say that, but meanwhile, doesn't doesn't exist anymore. Kid didn't pay a dime for anything. Yeah. Um, you know, but he he should have been like in the U show. He was just disgusting. Um. But it, it was just, it was a weird trans transition because I'm used, I was used to having it. So just like, it, I guess I don't really know the word other than it didn't feel as organized as high school did um, that first year. Um, I guess because we had more free time and I didn't have like, you know, I didn't have the responsibility of going to school and, you know, doing my homework and so on and so forth. I just had to be at the rink at 10 AM and, I was done by 12. I'd hit the gym, be done by two, you know, and that was basically it. Um, so it was, it was definitely a weird transition period for me. Yeah. Um, and like you, when you go up like the junior hockey ranks and all that, and like, you just, especially like the pro ranks too, you realize how many good players that are in the game of hockey that don't even have a place to play, especially like in the last couple of years too. Like there's so many guys available that, they're not even playing with a team right now and they're just training. So it's just crazy to think just even like going from like the EHL to the USHL and just like stuff like that. It's just crazy how big of a difference and a big of a jump those, those like different like scenarios can be. Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, it's just, it's all about what you put into. It's all about who, you know, you know, it's all about being at the right place at the right time. Um, You know, if you work your bag off every day, um, but you don't have the best skill, but you got a guy on the team that has insane skill, but doesn't work hard. I mean, you're nine times out of 10, the guy that works hard is going to be taken over the guy that yeah. just has skill because skill can only take you so far. Um, and that was, that was the big difference in the league I was playing in compared to the higher leagues was that a lot of the guys that had skill on my team or in my league didn't work hard. And guys like me who were at like the bottom of the totem pole worked like their bag off because they yeah. wanted to be there. They wanted to be better. And then there are guys in like the higher leagues who are just absolutely disgusting who work their bag off. So it's like, you know, that's, that's why those guys get those opportunities is, you know, and, you know, I, I, I'm a true believer in good karma still to this day. You know, I work hard. I'm a good person on and off the ice. I love, you know, helping out in the community. I did that a lot with the Maine wild with the Tilsonburg hurricanes. Um, you know, I just, I, I did a lot of stuff with kids at school and, you know, going to Barbara Bush children's hospital here in Portland. Um, you know, just to give my time to those who aren't as fortunate as I am yeah. where my biggest concern is, Oh, how did I do that night? And these kids are fighting for their life type thing. So I look at it that way. Like I, I bring that to my resume um, for owners to understand, you know, like, Hey, I'm more than just what my EP says. So. Yeah. Yeah. And just like going to like different camps this past summer, like a lot of the coaches, like, like we're like hard on, like, gotta be like good in the community have good like be a good character be like 
don't be like swearing up a storm when you're not at the rink or just like when you're around everyone just like just being go- a good person within the community and not being able to and like that just proves that like you don't have to be the best player but like if you do like your other parts outside of the game like you could you could get a chance that way as well oh absolutely i mean um you know uh, the old Carolina Thunderbirds coach, Andre Nietzsche, um, was giving me a look before I had shoulder surgery and, uh, he was bringing me in and I, I drove all the way down to Winston-Salem. Um, and the reason he brought me in my, my resume, like had been missing like 40 total points from ACHA high school wasn't even added. Um, so probably like 80 points because I had 40 in high school that aren't even on my EP, but you know, points that just weren't added, but he, he looks beyond, you know, EP and wants to know what type of person you are, you know? And, um, he knew how valuable I was out in the community on and off the ice, the guy in the locker room type thing. So, you know, I was sad to see him, you know, go up to the Florida Panthers, you know, as a scout, which is great for him. Um, but, uh, yeah, when I was down there, I drove down there, um, got in, around like eight o'clock it was about a 16 hour drive left around like three o'clock in the morning got down there and then next day went and met with them uh had a great conversation and then my grandfather passed away so i had to fly home and uh missed that season and ended up just having shoulder surgery um and then we had covid year so that's that's where they that's where things stand right now. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like I'm wild, another COVID year. Wild last few years, huh? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. But uh, before we jump into pro here a little bit, you were you were in the NA three for a little bit more with the East Coast Minutemen and the LA uh, Fighting Spirit, and then obviously with the Tilsonburg Tilsonburg Hurricanes, as well as like you spent some time in the ACHA too, is Central Maine Community College, so. What were those years like, especially going from ACHA to the NA3, even like throughout the year? Um, it, it was actually, it was, it was fun because a lot of guys that I played with at Maine Wild actually went over to Central Maine. I was going to go back to the Wild for a second year. Um, if I didn't make, I had an option to go try out in the OJ for the Trenton Golden Hawks. Um, I had skated with them on a summer team in the Chowder Cup and uh, they really liked me. Um, you know, and all I had to do is, you know, it's like $1,500 for the year. And then I just had to pay for my billeting. Um, yeah. but I ended up taking the school route cause I had a bunch of birds in my ear saying, go to school. Like, you know, you get to play hockey there, you get your education, so on and so forth. Um, it was, it was a pretty smooth transition, pretty much the same caliber of hockey as the NA three, a lot of tier three junior hockey players were yeah. playing there. The minute man, it was actually funny because they used to be like one of our rivals, along with the LA fighting spirit when I was with the main wild, um, they just needed a player for the, for the day. And I know, I knew Neil, the coach. So he's like, he took me and a couple of the college guys to come play against Maine, um, which was quite funny. Cause I still had a bunch of buddies on Maine playing then. So I was just chirping them the whole time and got a little target um, on your back and, then. Oh no, actually it was, it was, it was easier. Like that was probably the easiest game <laughs> I've ever played. It was so easy. No one like came around me. Like I had a short fuse back then. So I got, you know, <laughs> but, uh, um, and then the LA fighting spirit, that was, that was, a that was an interesting time. I met a lot of cool people. Um, Cam Robichaux was the acting coach at that point. Uh, the head coach had just lost his wife to cancer, which was a terrible thing. I only got to be around him for a game and a half. 
um, pretty much. Uh, you know, it, it was it was short stayed, but it was right down the road from college. We were on call, we were on break, and they needed a couple players because a few were injured. So I went in and you know just blocked shots and did what I needed to do in the time I was there, and uh, had had a couple crappy games, but. You know, it was uh, it was what it was. You know, there's a lot of good players on that team that shouldn't have been in the NA3, um, but they were stacked and it was it was a nice atmosphere. I mean, if you know anything about hockey in Maine, it's all Lewiston, you know, <laughs> they're they're crazy about hockey. So, you know, it was it was a good time, though. College was fun. Met a lot of really good friends. You know, a couple of groomsmen in my in my wedding party are from college. So, you know, it's it's pretty cool. So. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome, especially, like, all the people you meet throughout, throughout like, sport and throughout, like, college and all that. Like, it's such a small, small world, a small circle, especially in the hockey world. Like, everyone knows someone that you might, you might know and then the other person might know. So, it's just a small, like, like just everlasting circle that just keeps going round and round. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll always forever be friends with pretty much all the guys I played juniors with, uh, especially from the wild. So, um you know i keep in touch with a lot of them where a few of us are in a you know a group chat still to this day and do like a fantasy hockey and a lot of a lot of chirping in that but it's uh it's been pretty cool so good good times that that that's for sure oh absolutely yeah but like what were some of the like the biggest things you learned especially throughout juniors and college that you took into your pro game into your pro game when you did get a shot with the north shore knights in the in the fed um, well, a lot of it was just, you know, understanding that even in the fed, um, from, you know, ACHA, cause we were independent. So we were playing a lot of ACHA division one teams yeah. at that time when they first started, like I was on the first ever Mustangs team. Um, so we were playing like Harvard and we played like UNH and we played UConn and played a bunch of teams like UMaine, like we, that were ACHA Div one. So like a lot of good players and, and it was pretty fast. Um, but just adapting to that speed, um, going up into the North shore nights. I mean, we went up against probably one of the best teams at round at that time. They had Jay Krupp, you know, Petra Antonio, they had Bonner, you know, they had a bunch of guys that they had Kelly curl in that, like they had Jay Kenny, they had Steve McIntyre, like, my first ever pro game I'm playing against Steve McIntyre and lose teeth. Like that's, that's ironic. Like, that's just awesome. Like that's a great story. Um, but you know, it was just honestly adapting to the speed. They used me as a forward as well. (laughs) Um, it's kind of bummed out about that, but, uh, Radislav Konechny, he's a, Rad's a good guy. He, um, you know, he was a player coach at the time. So, um, you know, they gave me an opportunity to really break into the league and kind of get a cup of coffee up there and see what it was about. You know, and it was great. So, yeah, uh, definitely memories I won't forget. Oh, yeah, a- absolutely. It's like, what was that first game like that, like, stepped on professionalized during, like, warm-ups and just being able to, like, to, like, see everything, like, see your, like, your dream of playing pro hockey come alive? Dude, honestly, like, yeah, like, it actually started with, like, that morning, that morning skate. We had, like, a morning skate at, like, 10.30 a.m., and then right after that, we had like lunch provided by, you know, and Carolina Thunderbirds, like they are class A, like organization. I can't oh, say yeah. enough good things about them. Um, their fans are phenomenal. Um, I'd love to play in Carolina. Um, you know, I've uh, Torgy's tried to talk to Rutz to get me in there, um, you know, but obviously 
it's a numbers game at this point. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I can't say enough great things about the city, um, you know, and the, the away team, you know, um, they were really respectful, and, you know, really, uh, really great hosts. The fans were true and passionate about their team. So it was everything I, I dreamed of happening. Um, and it, it was just awesome. You know, I got to play two games there and, um, you know, got to get to know some of the pl- other players from the other team. Yeah. And it was just, it was great. So, you know, want to change it for the world. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Just great, great memories to to have. And then you go a couple of seasons without playing without playing hockey and just you uh, got injured with, with your shoulders. Like what was that like rehab process like and just uh, go through the odds of just coming out like on top and then playing in a fed game later? Absolutely. So a little backstory on that. Um, after that year, they held a free agent tournament uh, or like a free agent camp in Toronto um for the fed um and that was the year the elmira enforcers were coming into town like becoming a thing and i uh, had brent clark on the bench with me and i absolutely lit up this kid and this was during the practice session i like hip checked this i killed him he was dead like he he wasn't like moving and brent clark was like who just made that hit and i raised my hand he was like that's what we fucking are looking for. Like we need players to start stepping up, stop being buddy, buddy. You know, I had step on team of there, you know, a bunch of guys were there that were, you know, very big names in the fed at the time. Right. And, uh, so I ended up getting signed by Elmira and then Elmira traded my rights for Glenn Peterson and Ahmed Mofuz to Danville. And I was excited to go to Danville. I heard great things about him, Justin Bronson, Mo Levesque, all them. And, uh, one of the co- the head coach at the time, his name was Paul McLean. He uh, called me and was like, yeah, well, I'll send you over the itinerary. Um, and I never heard back from the guy. Um, so my agent at the time was like calling him, calling him, calling him, blowing him up. Like, dude, the kid's driving yeah. down. I was, yeah. I, I think I was like four hours away when I got the phone call from him saying like, you've been released. Like you can go talk to other teams. And I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> Already so, almost four, almost there and just got. Yeah. So Menor, Menor was interested, um, but I ended up just staying home um, and uh, training, getting better so that, you know, when I am ready to go more of a more of a mental thing than anything, um, you know, going through some mental health issues at that time with, yeah. you know, anxiety and stuff like that. Um, so getting the help I needed for that and then you know, just training and being the best that I can be when that time comes, you know, that's really what happened there. Um, you know, the injury, I got hit from behind really cheaply, uh, com- uh, complete pan labral tear, had surgery on it and then, uh, you know, got cleared to play and COVID hit. So it's basically what happens where we're at. So, yeah. So the, so then you, you, did, you, after that, in, after you got through with that injury and were cleared, you, continued training and then you got in a game with the Danbury Hattricks in 2021-22 so that was last year and you got into a, a game there so like what was it like going to Danbury and getting another taste of the Fed? Dude I was really excited because I had talked with Billy I was like Billy give me a chance like you won't regret it and like yeah it was I remember this vividly we we're up north at my uh, fiance's house uh, on Christmas get a phone call from my agent. You're going to Watertown, New York. I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. When? And he's like, now. And so we like, we drove four hours home to get the gear, pack up the, pack up the luggage, get in the car. My fiance is 
four months pregnant at the time, like where this is hilarious, like typical fed gas league story, you know, bus league story. And, uh, you know, I get there and the game was delayed three and a half hours because oh, the bus that game. Yeah. Danbury's bus broke down. Yeah. So they're like running around and stuff. The place was packed. I mean, they were sold out. Uh, and, t- and then they were like, yeah, the game's going to start at 11 PM. <laughs> so, so in walks the boys and, you know, Johnny Ruiz, stand up guy, um, Johnny McDonald, Frankie McClendon, all those guys that were awesome. Um, Vinny Susie, you know, just some great guys. Me and this other kid, uh, Channing Gorskak, we're the two rookies there for, uh, for the weekend. And, uh, I know we're running out of time here, but, uh, he, uh, you know, in walks Dave McIsaac, the uh, Danbury Trashers old captain. He's the coach. He's the coach. And so I was like, all right, this is, I got to do something to impress him. So long story short, I was I was asking. I asked Justin Coachman to go. He said no. So I, yeah, and, and more nicer words, he said I wasn't worth it. Um, uh, and then Rocco Di Costanza decided to go at uh, Aaron Atwell, and and uh, I took matters in my own hands. And um, I thought he had dropped his gloves. Um, and he ended up not. And so I stopped, but I broke my hand on his helmet. Oh. So that was it for the year. That, that was it. But hey, you're, you're still training, you're still grinding and trying to get uh, get on a team coming up soon. But uh, to cap things off, like it, it was a blast. Thank you again for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time and I want to wish you the best of luck and hopefully you get on a team here soon. Yeah, likewise, brother. Uh, keep grinding, man. I appreciate you having me on here and uh, best of luck to you too.